Hey guys, this is John. We recorded this episode days ago, and during the recording, unfortunately we had some technical issues with my microphone. You'll more than likely notice the difference between volume levels and clarity and all that stuff. My apologies, um, but I hope you enjoy nonetheless. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. Today I am joined by one of my best, best friends in the whole wide world, Stephen Vastola, or Vastola. I always say Vastola, it pisses him off, but Vastola, Vastola, all the same. How you doing today, man? What's good, world? What's good, world? So how's your Saturday going, man? So far, so good. It's been some kind of whatever, just, um, I guess this will kind of go into our first topic here. I was cleaning out my old apartment or finishing that up because everybody else had finally moved out. So that's kind of what I did today, and that's why I was able to um, make time for your podcast today. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad you could. I know we ain't got a lot of time, but we do have a little bit of time. No, we got enough. Like, I know people get bored with the background shit, but uh, just to establish our friendship, we, we used to work together. And we were really, I don't think we were, like, best friends from Go. Like, we kind of just, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, we we, we knew each other. We, we kind of, you know, we talked a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't until that, that one day, and of course it had to do with sports. I, I think you said something about Kobe, and you mentioned something about LeBron, and of course that, that, per, that, that piqued my interest there. Yeah. And so I had to get my own two cents in and then just kind of from there we just kind of started hanging out and then here we are yeah uh i think i I recall exactly and it'll feed into our first topic because i know you've been as soon as you heard my brother go off on lebron you've been itching to you know cape up for your boy but i don't know if it was that we were talking about kd and lebron we did i did mention kobe and you said he was overrated and then, but we, we talked about KD and LeBron, and I said, oh, no, KD, I think, is just as good as LeBron. And then you utterly dismantled everything I said, and then I realized very quickly, oh, shit, this dude knows his basketball. i got to watch myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you, when you say something as ridiculous as that, I, I, can't, I can't really help myself there. Oh, okay, so I'm not going to put this off any longer. You've been, you've been itching to respond to not just my brother, but to every LeBron detractor. I mean, I don't know how you can be a LeBron detractor anymore, especially after this past finals, but you believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you believe that not only is LeBron the best player right now, he is the best player of all time. Why do you feel that way? I do. I do. LeBron, to start off with, is the most versatile player we've ever seen in NBA and, and football and almost all the sports. I mean, he's up there with the Bo Jackson of the world and what this guy can do. You could put this guy in a football uniform and he could tear up the league like Calvin Johnson in, in football. I don't really know how he would do in baseball. I'm not really worried about that. I but mean, baseball's not really a sport anymore anyway, so fuck it. Yeah, well, that's a story for another day. LeBron can effectively play all five positions. He has played all five and, positions. And he has played all five positions. But the, the argument we get a lot is, oh, well, you know, he couldn't play, 
he couldn't play that way back in the 90s. And I have to beg to differ there, especially if you look at the average height and weight of all the centers and the power forwards and even the small forwards back then. They're all smaller than him. So the fact that he's as fast, if not faster than them, he, he can dribble, he can shoot, maybe maybe not all the time he can't shoot. But, um, he can finish at the rim, he can do it all, and he can do it all effectively. So just to put it into perspective, Hakeem Olajuwon back in the 90s was... Seven foot two fifty five. LeBron James is listed at six eight two fifty, and nobody believes he's two fifty. He's probably more like two sixty two seventy. Well, to to, inter- time, to, to interrupt, there was a time like he slimmed down. Like I remember his Miami days. If you had told me LeBron was two seventy five two eighty, I would have been like, yeah, that that makes complete sense. But he slimmed down now in his Cleveland days. Well, the league has obviously changed to more of a, you know, it's gotten away from the big guy. Not to say that the big man's dead, it's just not nearly as effective anymore. But he has slimmed down. I would, what do you think he is? I'd probably say he's about 240 now. Yeah, I would say 235. Yeah. 6'8, 235. Yeah. He don't, he don't look it, though. He still looks pretty big. Yeah, he's just, I think. I mean, not to say that back in his Miami days he was had a lot of body fat, but I think he literally is trimmed all. Like I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he had zero percent body fat. Seriously. Yeah, he's, he's pretty ridiculous. Um, he, he, dude, the statue stuff. I know you've heard it from from Skip and Stephen A. and they talk about it all the time. But to, to discredit those numbers are, are it's outrageous to me. The dude is average just about. 25, 7, and 7 his entire career. And, and he's done that in a way that, that his team has never really been bad. I've, I've never seen a LeBron team that either wasn't in the playoffs or wasn't any good in his 13 years in the league. And that's something that the Michaels and the Kobe's of the world, they can't say. You put this guy on any team, any team, especially in the East, and they're going to the finals. Yeah. I mean, what, that, that's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable just to, to think about. It doesn't matter what team he's on. Now, Cleveland is obviously the best shift for him. They got the players around him that'll make him even better once he gets to the finals and then play it to play the Warriors and former, formerly the Thunders of the world. Yeah. His, his, his ability to do that along with the, I, and I've mentioned this before to you, the, the defense they play in the NBA now versus what they used to play in the 90s. It, it, it's so it's so different, and it's hard. It's kind of hard to explain because I've seen videos on it, and, it, and they do a really good job making sense of it. Some of them are in conspiracy theory videos that I, I, I don't know if you've watched or not. I know I've been trying you, to you you send me those you send me those videos, and I did watch. If you're talking about the video about illegal defense, I did watch that, but I didn't agree with the video and your conclusion. Well, the whole conspiracy theory thing is, is, is kind of, you know, that, that's whatever. You don't have a real legit thing to stand on there. It's just kind of funny because I know you get tend to get frustrated when I bring that up. Yeah. But they did make a good point with the defense. And for those of you out there that don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't. Back in 2001, after the Shaq and Kobe Lakers destroyed the league and they they went, I think, 15-1 in the playoffs and they and they. They just they just ripped everybody to shreds and they won the NBA championship. Yeah, the only guy you could muster a win against them was AI. Yeah, and and he probably wouldn't have done that with today's rules. But what they did was they they used to have an illegal defense where basically if, if you were kind of sagging off your guy and not really guarding him, 
but you, but you weren't necessarily in the paint. If you were just anywhere, just not guarding somebody, they would whistle you for an illegal defense, and you'd get a, I believe it was a one-shot technical. So you couldn't play zone, was basically the, the main concept of it. Well, back in the Jordan era, for example, that was a real big thing. And basically, he had a one-on-one opportunity, every possession, up and down the floor, for him to score. And nobody could really, you either had to completely commit to a double team, which is pretty much a bad idea because then you had one wide open guy you couldn't like tap it to like just go across the paint to try to get him like hey don't drive like you can today when you see LeBron play today you've got his guy on him you've got a big man that's basically hanging on his side of the paint not guarding the actual big guy but still staying like down low basically daring him to shoot the ball and then you've got everybody else kind of sagging off a bit of their guy just in case he does drive and he needs Take it to somebody. So basically, you've got five guys zoned in on LeBron every possession of every game since he's been in the league. And his ability, his court vision, his ability to to do what he's been doing while they're playing defense like that is is it, it blows my mind how anybody could say that Jordan is better than him or Kobe's better than him when he's had to do all of that. And all they're really responsible for is, is scoring. At least Kobe was mainly just responsible for scoring. He's never really been a guy that's made his team better. And the proof of it is at the end of, towards the end of his career, where all he was just kind of there, and he was really just kind of prohibiting the Lakers from getting any better because he wasn't, he wasn't helping them. That like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not really a Kobe hater here. Yeah. I love to watch that last game of his. That was, I know that was incredible. I do. I think your brother did, but that was so much. He stayed up. See, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, I, I really despise the Kobe, especially the Kobe LeBron, because it's like you can't, you have to pick either or. You can't be in both camps. I love both players. They both are great in their own ways. Kobe, I think he's a good one on one defender, but Kobe is not going to. Lift a team up. Kobe needs. Yeah. Kobe needs Shaq. Kobe needs Bynum, Gasol, and he definitely probably needs Phil Jackson on his side. And like, that's one thing you can say about LeBron. He's never had a Phil Jackson or a Popovich. Like he's. He's never. He's never yeah. had that that consistent great coach. He's never had a. Well, I, I, I'm I'm still debating that one because I wanted to say he's never had that sidekick with him or not. Because I mean, he has had he had Wade for the four years in Miami, although he was kind of beat up and they, they did have Bosch at times. Yeah, he yeah. was kind of the third option. But now he's had Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. And don't forget, don't forget the, the key piece, Matthew Dellavedova. Oh, of course, the goat. Oh God, I wish I could get Rachel off of that damn bandwagon. Every time she sees him, she he goes, she goes nuts. <laughs> no, but, but um, you were speaking to something that. I really believe, like I, I've been watching. Ba- I've been watching basketball actively since high school, and so that's only been about 10, 11 years around there. But LeBron uh-huh. really is the smartest basketball player I think I've ever seen. Like it's watching him play, especially like I mean, you know, I'm a Bulls fan. I hate the Cavs. I hate anybody. I hate pretty much everybody else in the East, especially LeBron because he owns my Bulls. Watching him play, even when he's whooping our ass in Cleveland and Miami I was like how the fuck does he do this and I think it really says something that the only player Greg Popovich has ever lost to in a finals is LeBron when you if you put pop at the top right now pop at the top that rhymed if you put pop at the top right now as the elite coach like the number one 
and the smartest guy in basketball as a coach. And the only dude that's ever been able to beat him is LeBron because LeBron is the floor general. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's funny you mention that because a lot of people will say that the only reason that LeBron won that finals anyway is because Pop did a, made a stupid mistake and, and took Duncan off the floor and then the whole offensive rebound, Ray Allen thing, and then they were just totally defeated. <sighs> In Game Seven, so I think it's kind of funny you mentioned that as smart as Popovich was, it's because of his own decision personnel-wise that probably cost him. I just climate. want I just want everybody who might be listening to know that as much as me and you love each other, because we do love each other, you know, like that, you regularly troll me with the still shot of Ray Allen jacking up that shot in Game Six, and I'm just like, fuck you, man! I hate that fucking picture. <laughs> It's such a bullshit-ass fucking play. I cannot believe... Oh, my... I'm so glad I'm not a Spurs fan. If I was a Spurs fan, I would be... I'd be haunted by that. I'm just mildly... Well, not mildly, but I'm... I'm... It makes me mad. Just how stupid that fucking game... Ugh. You know, it, it, that, no, that's the problem with guys going against LeBron in the finals. They just can't seem to keep their mouth shut until it's over. Because they, you know... That, what what I heard after I think it was Game Seven, uh, and there were there were reports going out that like the when when the Spurs were leading by five, um, yeah. before they missed the free throws or whatever, and, and yeah. Allen got that three, they were already starting to put out the the victory stuff. You know, like they had the the, the tape and all that, and they were they were getting ready to like I, I guess prevent fans from getting on the floor. They, they were basically setting up for the the celebration, thinking that the Spurs were going to win the finals and it was going to be over. But they did that with over a minute and a half left when the Spurs were only up five. Yeah. And apparently all the Heat players saw that and they, you know, they, they, they took it personal. And something like that made a difference in the outcome of the finals. I totally so, agree. It's the little things. I mean, a lot goes into a, just any old basketball game, but significant more goes into a finals game. And it's whatever competitive edge you can give or get, it's it makes all the difference, man. It every little thing, every little thing goes into a finals game. It's all about motivation. And piggybacking off of that and going to when Clay Thompson decided to open his mouth and this past NBA finals, and that just kind of turned the series. LeBron pretty much just said, Okay, you wanna do that? Well then this is how it's gonna go. Well it also doesn't hurt that Draymond Draymond, that what an idiot. Like, yeah. So I, I want to make a point, and I want to know if, what you think about this. I'm looking back at it in hindsight, not not the Draymond scenario, but I, I think had the Cavs not blown game four, because I think they blew it more than the Warriors won it. I okay. think if they would not blown it in game four, the Cavs would have won in six. Because after game two, they, they stopped with that bullshit switching, switching defense that they had been doing yeah. that apparently they weren't good at. They, they were really good at it in Miami, but the players that they had in Cleveland just couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. They were either too young or whatever, whatever the reason was. Yeah, whatever. They couldn't figure it out. They stopped it in game three, and they decided to just man up on the Warriors and be physical with them, and it worked. They blew the Warriors out, and then in game four, for the most part, it, it, it was working up until the, the point where they kind of really just went cold. And then the whole Clay Thompson thing, and he started trash talking LeBron, and you know that motivated LeBron. He then, of course, motivated his teammates, mainly Kyrie Irving, because you know he knows that 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 that's his number two, that's his guy that you know he needs to give him at least twenty or so points a game to to, to help them win it. Yeah. Well, they went and did that. They played the same defense. Golden State could not figure out how to. I, I guess it's because they just didn't have the personnel for it, but they just could not figure out how to to counter it. And 
the Cavs specifically, LeBron and Kyrie, just were were just starting to find their own rhythm playing one on one ball, and I'm I'm still a little bit surprised it lasted that long. But between their defense and their ability to say, hey, you know what, this offense is going to go through us, and and that's it. We're just going to do this all game, and we're going to see if we can win a title with it. And of course, they ended up doing it. But I, I think the finals was more a result of that and Golden State's ability to not be able to counter them on that than it was the whole Draymond getting suspended for that game. Because he came back in Game 6, they still got their ass kicked, and then he was still there for Game 7, and, they, and he had the game of his life, and it didn't matter. Yeah. What's also a factor, there seemed to be a transference between, like, if you recall, Kyrie... The first few games, first couple of games, he was just nothing. Like, he was doing shit. Like, his defense was bad, and he wasn't even scoring. And Steph was lighting him up, or anybody was lighting Kyrie up. And then something happened where Kyrie started scoring and started playing defense. And then Steph started not scoring and playing defense. Like, I... Like, I got mad props to the Cavs, especially LeBron, and especially Kyrie. That last shot at the end of Game 7, I was like, that's it, game's over. That was incredible. You saw Kyrie. Yeah, oh yeah, the block too. That's Those two back-to-back plays. uh, Anyway, you saw every time, anybody could see, I I bet you any casual or even non-basketball fan, if you watched the Cavs' offensive possessions, they did whatever they could to switch. To get a to get Steph defending them, like Kyrie, LeBron would get would switch pick and roll yeah, to basically, get. Basically, they they picked out the worst defender on the floor, and they were just like, "We're going to get it so that he has to switch on whoever the ball handler was," and that's pretty much what they did for games five through seven. And yeah, it, it, it worked. It's like Steph, what the f- dude? You are you're the you're the unanimous. You're back to back MVPs, and you can't play defense against Kyrie. I know Kyrie's like. Maybe uh, an inch or two taller than him, maybe, and he's probably got uh, what do you think, thirty pounds on him? They, made him they, they just abused him. They made, they made him look like he had never played defense before in a league, and combine that with the fact that just how frustrated he kept getting with the the fouls, which is a story for another day. Yeah, because I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we can sit here and really debate those, but. <laughs> But um But yeah, it's it's just it was just remarkable. LeBron really is he really is like the Gretzky or the Muhammad Ali or the Tiger of basketball. Like he has competition and he's he's lost by his own mistakes and by other people's mistakes and sometimes he's just not on the best team, but he really is like I I don't hate him. Like I'm t- I tell everybody if LeBron played in the West, I would actively root for LeBron James to succeed but since he has literally stopped my bulls I think in the playoffs like five out of the last six years like I just like fuck LeBron <laughs> well that doesn't make sense to me so like I understand if you want to hate him like as they're going through the east so like what about when he gets to the finals and he's obviously he'll never play the bulls in the finals unless he's in the, the west but I mean, he's never going to have to beat your your Bulls in the final, so why not cheer for him then? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> but anyway, so what do you think? Actually, I wanted to ask you this. So, if I'm correct, you're an avid believer that you, you you're still in the, the Jordan bandwagon, right? He's still the greatest player. Okay, of all time. I wanted to talk to you about that because I was I wrote down some things while you were talking about LeBron that I wanted to uh, counter. Uh, my favorite player of all time, and I never got to see him play, but from what I've seen what he's done but my personal favorite player is magic johnson i think magic johnson not only is a great basketball player a great leader a great winner 
I think he's like a remarkable human being. Wow, I, uh, I I never I never knew that Magic was your your favorite. I I, I just kind of assumed because you were a Bulls fan that it would probably no. See, I'm a you know me. I'm a late Bulls fan. I just started in 2010, like so. I kind of wasn't aware. I wasn't around for Michael, and I, I feel like it'd be a cop out. Be a Michael fan now when I would, it, it just it just doesn't feel right. But I really think that my, Magic is the best because I mean he's just he's just remarkable. Like I think he's just what, what specifically would make him a better overall all around player than, than LeBron. I mean I well okay I so I I, I weakness was always his jump shot. Okay but. so I was I was gonna say that LeBron is the best player I've ever seen. I'll say that. Like I, I never seen, I never got to see Jordan. I got, to, never got to see Bird. I never got to see Magic. I never got to see a lot of players. I think that you can't compare LeBron and MJ. There's just two different styles. They're just, they're just two different styles. Like you can't. Talk about Michael. Yeah, Talk Michael, about Michael. Uh, Michael and LeBron. LeBron. And you can't compare Kobe and LeBron because those two different styles just like it. But I think the only one you can, the main person you can compare him to is Magic. And the reason I love Magic, I'm not saying Magic is better. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're comparable, and I'm in. The, I'm not in the business of proclaiming who's the greatest of all time. I'm not about that goat shit. I'm talking about you can have a conver- who who can you be in the conversation with? That's that's my that's where I'm coming from. So Magic could play all positions because there was a finals where Kareem went down and Magic stepped up and played center. And I think that while LeBron is a better shooter than Magic, I think that if I don't think it was because Magic couldn't shoot. I think Magic didn't. It wasn't his focus to shoot. Like he wasn't encouraged to shoot. He wasn't forced to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I think, he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't have to. He didn't yeah. have to put the, the entire team on. His I really believe right? that if you, I think LeBron has done more with less in some ass, and and especially in his early Cleveland days before he was in Miami. But I think that Magic could be LeBron. I think that there, if you took Magic out of the 80s and put him in 2003 to 2016 basketball, I think that it would have been remarkably similar development. Does that make sense? If, yeah, if, if they had just like switched errors, you think that they would have give or take about the same success? Yeah, absolutely. And so the other thing that I always hear criticism about is the fact that LeBron plays in the East. Like, that's a big one that he can't live down that, I mean, for a time there, it was kind of competitive. Especially with you know the back in the day with the Celtics and that big three, but especially nowadays he's pretty much got it on lock. I mean, well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the whole East being West, uh, or East being the lesser of the two conferences, and it, it being very weak. Because it, if you look back at history, and I'm trying to see if I can look this up here, so here are the East standings from the 1992-1993 season. The eight seed was a 500 team. The seven seed was forty three and thirty nine, same as the six. The five seed was forty four and thirty eight, and the four seed was forty eight and thirty four. We had how many fifty win teams in the East this year? Yeah, they they did like the East was it wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but it was definitely it's it's on the come up. Like you can see some some development happening. Like if you take the nineteen ninety two ninety three season at the Bulls or that Michael won one of his championships, and you compare the East standings uh, from that to the 2016 season that we just had, or 2015-2016 season, the eight seed would won three more games in 2016 than it did in 1992-93. And in fact, the East actually as a whole was a better than it was back then. So to say that it's much weaker than it used to be, I think is a, is a, is a 
giant misconception. I'm not saying it's great because obviously the West is, is that much better than the East. But to say that the, the East is just weak is, is, to me, I think it's nonsense. Uh, it's it's tough. LeBron could have went to the West, but it's like this KD thing. It's like why are we faulting players for putting themselves in the least, not the path of least resistance, but the more advantageous path to a championship? Like I, I wish Le- I really do wish KD would have stayed. I really do, or you know, gone to play for I like they would have won. Yeah, they would have probably would have won the championship this year. He stayed. It's KD. I don't. I mean. If you would like the Warriors, that's kind of cheap, but I don't fault him for it because I really think a lot of people would have done the exact same thing. It just, yeah, it, it just makes him look extra, just, just worse, just because. I, and I know we've compared it to LeBron going to Miami before, and I believe you and your brother spoke about it. it it's different when when he decides to partner up with two guys that he's never played with before on a team that was pretty bad last, the year before. Like they didn't know how this was going to work out. Katie went from a team that actually was, was probably better than the team he's joining and, and should be next in line to win a championship. He went from his team to a team that just came off a 73-9 season has already established itself as a championship contender. It's already won a championship. They're setting records over here. And it's just like, why, you know, why? It, it just looks bad. I'll put it, at least in my opinion, on his, on his image. Um, and he's already going to a good situation that, that basically almost guarantees that it's going to work. And I do hear the other side of it that, like, yeah, you know, why, why wouldn't you do that? You always want to try and put yourself in the, the best situation for success. But, I mean, that, that's almost to the point where he could, he could literally sit the bench and they would still make the finals. Yeah. They definitely make it to the probably the second or third round of the. Uh, Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, when, when Steph got hurt, that team still dominated, and they didn't have KD then, so, you know, like, they don't even need Steph or KD to even get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what, 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 kind of, what kind of crap is that? It just, it, that, that seems, it seems re- really cheap, and that, that's probably the, the best word for it. And I've kind of backed off calling him a coward for it, but it's really cheap. I think we're. I think anyone listening is probably sick and tired of basketball. I, I. I. think. I think we can agree that LeBron is the best player in the world right now. I don't think anybody can disagree with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's shift gears from something we share respect for, and let's switch to something I have no respect for: Donald J. Trump, the Republican. Nominee, that's that's a thing. This is this is reality. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let, let me let me start this topic off by saying this: when I when I say I support him, I, I don't. I'm not going to be that guy at the rally chanting yeah. his name, and you know, like I, I'm not all in for him, like like some people say whenever they hear that you're a Trump supporter. He is in my mind, and I, I know it's it's a it's a it's a pretty bold opinion to compared to some people, but I think he's the lesser of two evils between him and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you don't you're not like a Trump stan. You're not like caping up for Trump. You just think he's the lesser of all the evils. Right. He's he's the ultimate wild card in that he has never held a position of office, and that's what a lot of people are looking for. They don't want the same old crap over and over again that apparently has not been working. We're still in trillions of dollars of debt. We still got all these issues that we just can't come up with a, with a decent resolution for. And it'd be nice to have somebody with a fresh mind that, that hasn't been dealt with the same kind of corruption, I guess. Is, 
I guess is a decent word that you get in a position like that, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, who's been in office before as, of course, Secretary of State. So we kind of have an idea of how she's going to do things. Well, and yeah, I, I just can't, I cannot disagree with you more because that is the same argument could be made if you picked a hobo off the street. Does this hobo have any experience? No. Has he ever held office? No. Is he a wild card? Absolutely. So I don't I, – I hear what you're saying like, okay, maybe we need someone not from Washington. I disagree with that as well. But that's such a bullshit argument because then why him? Why not somebody else? Why particularly Donald Trump? He, well, he, yeah. again, you know, he's not – he's obviously not ideal, but that, that's, who the, that's who the Republican people have voted for. So that's who we're stuck with. Again, I, again he's not a hobo, obviously. But he was the card that we've been dealt, along with Hillary Clinton on the other side. So that's 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 who we got. He is the wild card. I think he does have potential to be a great president. I mean, you know, you, you can you can of course say he's got the potential to be a disaster, but that's what makes him so interesting and, and such a, a wild card about it. So when when it comes down to it for me, am, am I going to take a person in Hillary Clinton that I already kind of have a general idea of how it is, and I'm not exactly all that enthused by it, or take a chance with the other guy who could be a disaster. And if he is a disaster, they will get him out of office. And then, of course, we'll have to deal with Mike Pence, who I don't know a whole lot about. I know he's very conservative. And the bad thing, considering I've come from a conservative family. But he could also have the potential, Donald Trump talking about, to, to be great. And he could do great things. And he could surprise a lot of people. And I think I'm, worried, I think I'm willing to take that bet over to live with the same old crap with Hillary Clinton. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. I will agree that we are at a very bad spot, like, as far as selection. This election will probably go down in history as one of the worst in modern history. But I just, dude, I, I hear what you're saying. We're, we're coming from—the thing is, both sides are coming from the same basis. Like, we're, we're mad as hell, and we're, we're not going to take it anymore. Like, something's not right. We need to fucking fix this or something like that. It's just—but my problem with Donald Trump is, yes, Hillary is undesirable. Yes, I get that. Yeah, I'll, you'll never, you'll rarely, if ever, hear me say a good thing about Hillary Clinton. Like that, that's probably never going to happen. But like, you don't understand how awful a Donald Trump presidency would be. Like that, like he's. Well, you see, you don't, you don't know that though. That, that's that's the point I'm trying to make. You don't know that. You can you can assume, and you're only assuming the worst side of things, which. Because a, very, everything that he's given me up until this point. You have a very good reason to think that, but there's potential for the other side. But everything that he's given me so far, everything he's said, everything he's done, and his track record as a business person, what is what, which is what he hangs his hat on, has been undesirable. It's like you, you can't. Like he's a fraud. He is a fraud who has just failed upwards in life. You can say a lot about Hillary Clinton. She's probably. Fake as shit too, but I don't worry that she's gonna like fucking start a civil war or anything like that, or like cause a, a global war. Like Donald Trump is a fraud. He is not an administrator. He is not a politician. He is not an elected official. Hillary, at least, will at best keep the status quo. Maybe things will get a little worse, but Donald Trump will not know what the fuck he's doing because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in 
anything. Well, like, I'm glad you brought that up because don't you think, and I've been saying this for a while now, don't you think that he would surround himself with enough people that actually know what to do in Washington that it would help keep things under control? I mean, obviously he's the face of that campaign. He is the face of, of Trump, obviously. And, and whenever you think about that, you're going to think about him in his big loud mouth. But at the same time, you don't think he's going to, He's going to consult with all these. He's not just going to run off and, and make decisions on his own. Like I feel like people are just, just like he's just going to go fly to Europe, curse out a bunch of people, and next thing you know, we got World War Three on our hands. Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's going to have all these advisors, all these people to talk to, and and they're going to let him go. You know, the campaign's over now. It's time to get down. You, you've won that. You, you've insulted Hillary Clinton enough. You can let you can let that go. Let's stop worrying about the country. Here's what we can do. So I, I don't think. When you, if you put a vote for him, you're not just voting for him. You're voting for him and all the people that he can put around him, which I know you said that his business side has, has not been desirable. I know he's filed for bankruptcy a few times, but at the same time, he's filed for bankruptcy because of the loopholes that are in there to better his own business, and I can't fault him for that. I mean, the, the dude didn't fall completely apart. I mean, you know, it, things happen. You don't, you don't succeed all the time in life. Uh, you know, you have the good and the bad, and that's just kind of how you have to deal with it. So I'm not going to blame him for for taking advantage of a system that has those giant loopholes. And maybe he could maybe he could do that with the U.S. I don't, I but, don't know. I'm just just throwing it out there. But you have to think about what has happened to in that time frame. <sighs> My gosh, I just don't get it. I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't make any sense to me. He is not a good businessman. He's not known for his okay so you say so you say he's fought, failed epically but he's dug himself out of it but at what cost he's exposed loopholes he's done unethical shit do you want an upstanding role model not no, please, don't. please don't please don't think i'm calling hillary clinton a role model here but do you want a good person running this country i do not believe donald trump is a good person i think he's a selfish narcissistic well a lot of politicians are selfish and narcissistic but i really think that he is a pathological liar and a pathological narcissist he's doing this just to win president to be president and i don't think he'll know what the fuck he's doing and he will surround himself probably with advisors but at the end of the day it's his decision and he that's another thing about the presidency the presidency represents our country. That person is the face of our country. He is not a good person to represent this country. He's not a he's not a desirable person. He is an awful person. Well, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what got him this far. Is, is that because he's not a, a, your your typical presidential person that's all nice and got the good face and. And you know, it seems like a nice guy. Like you know, I think I think a lot of people, partially myself included, thinking if we have a guy in office that is just not going to put up with shit, and he's not worried about whether he looks good or not. If it's going to help the country, then we're going to do it. I mean, is that so? Is that so wrong to to want at, at the at the cost that our, our our president, who you say represents, and he does, he does represent us to the rest of the world doesn't look all that good but if he's doing a good job i mean is that is that so bad yes yes that is a bad thing that is a terrible thing the presidency is not for everyone it's not it's not for everyone it is for upstanding people and it's it's just 
It's just the fact that he's disingenuous. He's had a history of being sexist. He's had he said some racist ass shit. Whether he truly believes it or he just said it for effect, I don't care. He is but not. What, what, I, I want to know. I want to know what he said that you think is, is so is so racist. Mexico is sending their murderers and rapists. Mexico, Mexico is doing that. Mexico. That is an. He speaks like that is an official orchestrated direct action that Mexico, the country, he didn't say drug dealers and rapists from Mexico are coming to this country. He's saying Mexico is sending. He is speaking for a whole country, a whole other country that they are say, that he is saying with no provided nuance that that country, majority, innocent decent people that those people a concerted effort sending their rapists and murderers across our borders. That is flagrantly racist. Like, that is so racist, dude. That is racist right there. That it would be literally me saying, you know those black people from Louisiana? They're sending all their rapists and murderers over here to Texas. It's like, no, you can't. You can't say that. That is offensive. Is that a Mexican stereotype? Is that one of because I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Mexican stereotypes. That is, that stereotype? is a, a Mexican, Mexican stereotype. stereotype. There are several aspects of a Mexican stereotype. There's several aspects of any stereotype, but the stereotype is it's perceived as dirty, dangerous, you know, poor. Parts of it is thought of as being not good. Yeah. Okay, that, so it kind of plays into that, but I, I just, that was just, that was just more of a, more aligned, like a question for me, because the only one I know of is that there are quote-unquote Dirty Mexicans, but I didn't know if that was also a, a well-known yes. stereotype, whether or not he, he was he, he was out of line in, in saying that. Obviously, but saying something like that is going to get the attention of the people that he's trying to get votes out of. And I would say it, it, it's worked so far. It, it it does blow my mind the fact that he's been able to say those things. That one, among other things, the whole the whole Megyn Kelly incident. Yeah, he got that one. Um, God, there was there was one other dog to him uh, doing the whole like half retarded mocking yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, like, yeah. and then and then the one where he like I could go out on Fifth Street and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any votes. I, I mean, I mean, first of all, I think he's right. I don't think he would lose any votes for that, which is is kind of a scary thing to think about. But he's he's appealing to, and that that, that sounds bad too. But he is kind of appealing to the, to the worst parts of, the of this country. Well, shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, and, and, and again, like I said, I don't agree with everything he's done, and that that being one of them. But I see the other sides of it, where I, I, I see some there's there's some potential there. He could be good. He could be good. I'm not saying he, he will or he won't, but he could be good. And I just don't I just don't think there's any potential for Hillary. Like if you if you vote for Hillary, you're you're basically voting to either to keep things the same, or like you said, it could be a little worse. We okay. don't think it's gonna. We both agree it's probably not gonna get any better. Okay. So why should why should I be okay with that when I have a guy that's got potential to make it better? Okay, let's talk about this is this is the thing that's been getting on my nerves. Keep things the same, okay? And his slogan, Trump's slogan, is obviously "Make America Great Again." Let me ask you, in your opinion, what is wrong with this country? We lack a a, a true leadership. I haven't seen specifically so far. Um, just a, a recent thing I'd like to point out. The, the whole, between Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, whatever you want to call the whole thing going down, I think it's been handled very poorly in terms of, of leadership 
and I, and I feel like Obama's kind of played both sides of the fence, but at, at different times, if, if that makes sense. For example, the album Sterling got shot, and Obama came out and pretty much just, pretty much just like shame on the police. Like, why would they, why would they do that? And I'm all about, well, hold on, well, what what really happened here? I mean, do we know all the facts yet? I mean, is that, is that investigation still ongoing? I, I'm pretty sure it is. So how can we go out? How can the leader of our country go out and then make a claim like that without knowing all the facts? And before anybody says that, I think Alan, Alan Sterling was, you know, a terrible person and he should have been shot. I'm not saying that at all. Just saying, and, and you know this because I think I've had this conversation with you. I'm all about, and I want all the facts to come out before we go and make a judgment or anything like that. Yeah. So we've got we've got him going out and basically shaming the police for something like that when we don't know everything. We don't know, you know, we weren't there. We got to figure it out. Let him investigate. And then on the flip side, we've got I think the only one I actually liked where he, he did um, was the one in Baton Rouge. He, he did. He had a very good speech. Um, about what happened in Baton Rouge, and I think everybody got around him on that one. But then he came out with Dallas and kind of just, just like supported the cops and kind of forgot about the the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and it seemed like he kind of jumped and, and played on both sides of the fence there. And I'm like, we, well, we need somebody in the middle. All right, but let's okay. So you so you'd say what's wrong with this country right now is divisiveness and lack of unity and lack of cohesion, right? Right. We feel like we're divided here. Okay. Whether we are or not is 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 kind of out of the question because there's a there's an aura around this country now that I feel like everybody has noticed. It, it, it seems like we're divided again, and I've I've seen a few people mention back in the '60s protests. So to to say that we're going back to theirs is a sign that hey, this, this country might actually be pretty divided. And if you look at it between the Republican and Democratic Party, I mean, obviously you've got your quote-unquote silent majority and all the white people and the Republicans for the most part. And then you've got just about everybody else who's Democrats, and they're just fighting against each other here. So there, there's, there's some kind of division going on, and it's a problem, and I don't think it's really being addressed up top. And you could almost make the case that because it's not being addressed up top, and I don't want to get into conspiracies here, but it does kind of play into the Democrats' hands that if they, if they let this violence go on for a little bit until election time and you have this division, you've got just the silent majority, quote-unquote, versus everybody else, and everybody else is on the Democrat side, and they get both Democrats and get another Democrat in office, and then we can try and move on from there and try and fix it. Okay. Again, not saying that's what's happening, but it, it just kind of looks that way. Okay. But here's my take on things. This divisiveness, this lack of unity, the fact that make america great again what what do you mean again like i'm i love my country i i really do but this myth that we were at one point one unified cohesive team like that is a myth that is a fabrication like this country since 1776 has been at odds with each other that is our country that is a democracy that is who we are we we have never been on the same page with everybody else because you were talking about a country at this time with th over 350 million people in it. For the first time probably in our country, this majority of white people, especially white males, have actually had to like acquiesce and be more inclusive and be more respectful for the first time and treat people equally and bring them to the table and people are resentful of that because people hate 
We are changing every day. This country is changing every day. This country is changing every day, every week, every month, every year. Now, that upsets people because people don't like change. People can't stand change. The reason Donald Trump is so popular right now, but people see a black man running this country and they think their whole lives they've expected that to be a bad thing. And then every little thing that does go wrong with Obama, they point it's out. magnified. Yeah. So it's the fact that things are changing and people don't like that. It's upsetting a lot of people. But that's life, man. Life ain't fair. Life is about change. Life is about ups and downs. And this country is about inclusiveness. Well, that's what I understand about a lot of conservative politics right now. They say they love America, but I don't understand what America they love. I'm saying that, like, I truly believe that they love the America they grew up with where everything had their established order. And it was beneficial to them because that established order had them on top. But the established order wasn't working for everybody. It wasn't working for everybody. We had disparity. And now we're trying to make things work for everybody and be more inclusive and be more egalitarian. And that's upsetting people who are like, well, what about me? It's like, well, we, it's, a, it's a country. It's a community. It's a society. It has to work for everybody to the best of our abilities. That is how you run a country successfully. That is how things are supposed to be in this country. And people don't want to hear that because it's not fair in their minds to them. And it's like, well, it's either completely fair to you and not fair to everybody else, or it's spread the wealth and we need to all work together on this. And, and people don't want that. People don't want that. And that's yeah. why I don't understand this conservative logic that they love this country but they say that this is the greatest country on earth because it's a variety of people, we're inclusive, but they don't want inclusivity. They want exclusivity, they want separation, they want distinction, they want, it's just, it just drives me crazy how they talk out both sides of their mouths. Who that was a long Well, movie. I mean, they, they, it, it is a great country, but they, they just want it to be done their way. I can't blame them for that. Yes, you um, can. One of, one of That's things, selfishness. That is selfishness. Uh, well, I mean, is it not selfish on the other side that they want it done their way? I mean, that's what it that's is. Not, it's not, you know, we, they want it their way and we want it our way. No, I mean, that's, no, that's no, 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 no. That is not, I, I respectfully disagree with you. That is not what they are asking. What a lot of minorities and underprivileged, historically underprivileged people in this country is, they don't want it their way. They want to be... They want to be involved in the process. Like, for a long time, the majority white people had the say-so and excluded women, minorities, and all these people are now asking, is, hey, we want to be part of this conversation. We want to be included. We want, we, want, we want to say this is our country too. This isn't your country. This is our country. And... What a lot of white establishment is saying is, y'all are trying to take our country away from us. No, you need to include us in this conversation. Like, it's, it's not about, this isn't a white country. This is America. This is a country of diversity, of inclusivity. And it's historically been white male driven and white male directed. And all everyone else is asking is, hey, 
can we be part of this? Like, are y'all just, can, can we have a say? I mean, we're, this is our country too, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, a, that's a very fair point. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't argue with it from the race side of things at, at all. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I don't have a problem with, with if you're gay, if you're straight, you, you know me, I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I do care about, and one of the reasons why I'm, I'm always, I've always been more conservative, and it's, this is probably the biggest issue for me, is that what makes, one of the things that I believe makes our country so great is that we have virtually 50 little mini countries and make up one giant one yeah. in all of our states. Yeah. And our states should, should, because they, they haven't recently, but they should have the right to govern themselves and then, of course, have a, a, a hierarchy above them if it, if it gets that far. But one of the things that I feel like is, is it's been taken away from the state is, is their ability to, to make a choice because if, if it gets denied, so, for example... The, the, the gay rights movement. Okay. They, they wanted to be married and, and they wanted to be in any state that they wanted, yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, okay. I mean, so basically the state tell you no and then you go to the Supreme Court and you just keep fighting until eventually they okay it for every state. Well, it's like, well, there are states that are okaying it. Why don't you go to one of those states? I mean, like, that, that's, that's the great thing about this country. We have, you have literally 50 different states with 50 different set of rules that you can go by and you can pick whichever one you want and you can live there and, you know, it can work for you. And it's, I know that kind of, I guess, sounds like segregation, but it, it's not, I guess. Like, it, it's just like a group of people that are deciding, you know, we like this, we like it our way. Like, we're still a part of the country, but we, we kind of like things to be done this way. So we want it like this. But I don't feel like they have that choice anymore as a state, because the government is just kind of taking control of everything and saying, no, we're, we're only going to do it this way. It's like, well, then what's, what's the point of having other states if we don't ever have these choices anymore well is that is that so wrong i mean like no it's not i, I guess you're it's Go ahead. okay so you're, you're talking about a very fundamental issue with the problem of a federal government and state governments i mean this was i don't know if you remember history before there was the constitution there was the articles of confederation and the problem with the articles of confederation was that that it was it was majority states rights driven um and but it left a very weak decentralized central uh, federal government and so what the problem was the federal government couldn't collect federal taxes it couldn't provide a federal defense so you had weaker states having to fend for themselves while bigger states uh, had more of control the problem with what you're saying is I love the Constitution and I'm not trying to sound like America I love the Constitution no, I'm not trying to sound like that but the, the point of the Constitution uh, there's a reason there's a Bill of Rights. Uh, as an American citizen, we are all granted these 10 basic fundamental rights. Like this, you are an American citizen, this is your membership package, congratulations. <laughs> and that would be like going to, that'd be like being part of a membership program of like a hotel chain. And then you would be like, Oh, well, I get these benefits. And then you go to uh, a hotel in uh, Massachusetts, and they're like, yeah, you get all this, you get all this. And then, but you go to a, that same hotel chain, a different hotel, but in the chain, and you go and you say, you go to a hotel in Alabama. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't do this. But, but, this, is, but this, is your, this is your chain, this is your chain's membership package. I should have these privileges everywhere I go 
And it's like, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to come here. It's like, but that's not, but you are part of this country. You are a part, you are a state in the United States. You play by the same rules as every other state when it comes to these 10 basic rights. And while I, I appreciate a state's right to govern, I think there, there, there's a place for things like that. But when a state passes a law that infringes on one of those 10 rights or, or infringes on a right that a, in this particular case, a heterosexual couple or a cisgender, which is, you know, hetero, like gender normative, like male, female, all that shit. Uh, when your right is when your when a law is passed that is discriminatory against a person for something that is a freedom to everyone else, that's not right, dude. That's not right. You can't do that. Then you start picking apart like special cases. No, there has to be standardization across the board. I don't care what California says. I don't care what Rhode Island says or Texas or Hawaii. There are a fundamental basic rights that every citizen is allowed and no state no state especially if let's talk about this economically each state is provide federal money right so being part of the united states each state is granted federal money each state is protected by the federal military not just their own national guards but the federal military every state benefits from a federal highway system that ensures transport and commerce using those facilities or privileges that the federal government provides each state, the trade-off is they have to play by the federal government's rules. That's the trade-off. It's just the way it is, man, and you can't violate those rights. That was a rambling miss. <laughs> no, I mean, and you, and you, and you made a, a, a lot of good points there, and it, it makes a lot of sense. But, I, you know, I just, I, I, I would prefer the idea of, you know, 50, 50 states being able to make their own decisions like that while being within one country. Yeah, see, it doesn't, so, it, like, if you think about the name of our country, United States, the Latin phrase on all our money, e pluribus unum, right? In Latin, it means one from many. That is actually a pretty complex, nuanced situation where it's like, we are one, even though we are many, we are still one. It's a team, we're a team. Each player wants to do their own thing, but it's like, can't just do whatever you want, man, we're a country. Uh, I, I guess, it's just, the, the, the biggest issue for me that I guess it just kind of rubs me the wrong way is, for example, if California wants something, you know, wants something done, and then they go and cry about it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court gets passed, well, now I, there's a new law in place because of what California wants. And it's just like, I don't, you know, it's just like, we were fine in our state. Now we're being told, based on what another state wants to do, now we have to do it as well. And it's just like, I don't know, I don't, I don't enjoy being told what to do from somebody that's not living here in our state. Well. If that, if that makes sense to you. But the, but the flip side is, if you're in Louisiana, and Louisiana has something that they want to, that all 49 other states are like, go fuck yourself. They have that right to appeal to the Supreme Court, and then they get involved. They wouldn't do that. They, I mean, I, I'm mainly talking about, I, I guess that was a bad example, and, and something that, like, if, if we're doing it and we're okay with it, and our state's okay with it, then there's no reason for us to go to the Supreme Court to get it done for everybody for everybody else. And for the most part, us as Louisiana, we don't, we don't have that issue. But, like, for example, the gay rights in California, 
Like, they're totally cool with it, and that's fine. They can do whatever they want in California. I'm not in California. They, I, I, don't, I don't care. But for them to be like, oh, well, it's okay here. We want it okay there as well. It's just like, well, no, well, we don't really want it okay here. It's not how we want it to be. They're like, why don't you stay in your state? That, that's why you're in your state. But our state, let us run our state. There are cases of certain laws being in some states and other states not being present, but as far as this is a basic human right of who I'm allowed to marry, there has to be consistency across the board, man, because it's not fair. It's not fair to, you can't just tell people, hey, if you don't like it, you can get out. No, that's not, that's no. That's not how things work, man. This is, we are a government of the people by the people, for the people. Every citizen has a right that every other citizen has. A state can tell you a lot of things, but they can't take that away from you, man. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Mm. I guess I'll never get it from the marriage side of things. You already know how I feel yeah. about that, and I feel like it's kind of obsolete in today's society, but, but I don't know. I, for, for me, the them fighting over the title of marriage, because that, that's really what it was. You could, you could have civil unions, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. But then... But they just couldn't have the quote-unquote the quote title marriage. And I, I, you know, I guess for me, because that title means literally close to nothing for me now, that like, I just never understood, like, what's the big deal about this title? But that's you. But that's you. Oh, no. And, and, that's, and that's why I'm saying I, 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 don't, I guess I just don't understand it enough to, to get to that point. That's why I'm so like, you know, hey, like, why do, why do we have to be, why do we have to be okay with this? You know, like, if you want to do it, that's fine. I mean, there are other states that will let you do it. Go, go to one of those. You can get married and get the title there. But, like, you know, why are, why are you trying to force it on me? Like, what's, what's the big deal here? Why is this? so important especially for me because i you know i don't i don't think it's important at all well that's that's life man you got to put up with stuff that you don't necessarily always agree with for the better well, no. yeah oh no but my point is that i still have the the right and the ability to to fight against that and say well no i disagree i don't i don't think we should mm-hmm. have to do this mm-hmm. so you know it that's that's all i'm saying. like i wanted i wanted to be more of that way where we can we can really have a choice and be 50 United States together, but we can all live by 50 different sets of rules if we so choose. That's a nice idea, but that opens up a can of worms of inconsistencies and stuff like that. It's like you can't, it's the same deal as things would be more efficient if there was one centralized government, like what, dictatorship. Like, yeah, things would be more efficient, but it's also like detrimental to the state's rights and individual rights. But if the states decide everything, then it's detrimental to the individual rights and the federal government's rights. We have a federal government for a reason. This is the reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, they, they have to be, the, the, the central government has to be the dad and the states have to be the kids that the dad just lets play. That's kind of how I view it. And then when they start, if they get into trouble, if they start duking it out with each other over something, well, then the dad's got to step in and be like, look, no, we're not going to do it this way. We have this Bill of Rights. We have this Constitution that says that we can't do this. So here's your winner here because you know can't be we can't be done that way. Like just let let them go. Let them do their thing. They'll they'll find their own way. And then when there's a problem, then you can handle it. But I mean, really, the only problem you'd have is when two states saying, "I don't like the way they did it. I don't like the way they did it." Yeah, well, that's so, what this gay marriage was th- doing. But it wasn't. I don't feel like it was necessarily the states. It just was, you know, people from other states saying, "I don't think that they should be able to do that." I think we should leave it at that. Like we're we're spinning our wheels here. Want to go to the questionnaire? Let's go to the questionnaire. Let's start wrapping. All right, moving because... on. Okay. So this is my favorite part of the episodes. Okay. So you have you ever watched Inside the Actor Studio? 
have not. Okay. I, I could have swore it was more popular with people, but as you're aware, if you've listened to other episodes, the host borrows a questionnaire from a French journalist, and I'm borrowing it from that host. Okay, first question. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Yeah, what's your favorite word? Ooh. Ooh. Um, ooh. I don't know. I don't think I have necessarily a favorite word that I, that I like to say a lot. I do have the opposite, though. I do have a word that I hate to say. What's the... Okay, that's the next question. What's your least favorite word? Taint. Taint? I do not like the way it sounds. I, I feel like it doesn't roll off the tongue well. Wait, did you say taint? Yeah, like T-A-I-N-T. Taint. Like, <laughs> yeah, like what you're thinking, taint. <laughs> okay. I just don't like that word. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'd say that that is a silly ass word. Okay. What turns you on? Like, this can be uh, creatively, spiritually, emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever, whatever you want to look at it. Um, high, high risk, high risk stuff. And, and what I mean by that is, is uh, I guess doing something you're you're not supposed to be doing at that time. Oh, that, so you, yeah, a, you like to, you're a, a gambler, man, man, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm a gambling man, so it, it, it kind of fits with that. So that's something like just in life that just you know risky kind of kind of yeah, you know, risky business. Risky business. All right, all right, cool. I can get down with that. Okay, flip side. What turns you off? What turns me off? Pass. I'm gonna have to pass on that one for now. I can't I can't think of something. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Shithead is my favorite curse word. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I love to call people, you're a shithead. <laughs> alright, alright. Uh, okay, what sound or noise do you love? Ooh, actually, I'm glad you asked that one. I was actually waiting for this one because I had a really good answer. I think you'll agree with this. So, you know I'm a big sports guy. Yeah. So, for me, my favorite sound is when a home crowd gets into the game. A touchdown scored, a big shot's made, and the crowd goes wild. And you hear that that roar, that that that, that uproar from the, the fans, and that that's one of the, my favorite sounds in the world. It always it always gets me. Uh, I guess you could say it's, it's a turn on in a non sexual way. Like it just it gets me going. Like it. Yeah. I under I understand where athletes get the the extra motivation from in a home game because just the the uproar of the crowd when you do something good just really gets you going. Okay. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? I am not a fan. I can't stand when something is dripping. Drip- I can't Ooh, stand that's a good one. I don't like dripping. Okay, that's a that's a really good one. I would never have thought of that, but you're absolutely right. Like that is a, especially if you're like, if you're trying to concentrate or it's distracting. It's like, oh, that's a wor- That's one of the worst sounds. Well, ever. in our in our in our new in our new place now, which we didn't get a chance to talk talk about, and we're, I know we're kind of way into it now, so we'll save that one for another one. Yeah. But one of the things that we had to get fixed was in the bathroom by our room that's connected to our room. There, we had a, a the, the spout of the shower was con- it, it constantly drips. We finally got it fixed. So if we ever left the bathroom door open when we went to bed at night, you could just hear it and hear it, and I just could not take it. So that's that's why I don't like it. Mm. Okay. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You work in you work at a desk job like me, basically. I mean, you don't have to tell everybody what you do, but like you work in customer service, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Customer service, your standard desk job, just with answering the phone and talking to people. Okay. Um, it would it would I would have to be an athlete. Oh God, I would love to be a pro athlete. I just I just think I'm too lazy for it. Like I don't necessarily have to be the best in the world, but if I was a pretty good golfer, 
Yeah. And I was able to do, be a pro golfer. That would be that would be awesome. Okay. What on the flip side? What profession would you not want to do? Like, what's the one job you never want to do? <laughs> um, the one job that I never want to do ever again is ever go back into any kind of grocery store at all. I don't want to deal. I I, I, even, I hate thinking about it. So that, that's my answer, and I don't want to go any further with it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, and the last question, wrapping up. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? Welcome to heaven. We have direct TV, beers in the back. <laughs> yeah, we ran the gauntlet with this one. I mean, thanks. Thanks for I appreciate you. All right, man. I know you got to hang out with Lindsay and them today, so I guess I'll just talk to you later, my brother. All right. Thanks for having me on, John. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Bye.